0: Ooh, the Slippery Slope. Okay, this, I don't even know if this is, good, is my favorite book, but it's my favorite color. It's like a light, blasé teal. And I feel like this would be a good accent color in a house. Also, it would be a good um, color, uh-oh. It would be a good color for cabinetry. Maybe a wall. Okay, okay, you're good. I'm serious, I like it. It's a nice, dusty blue. All right. A Series of Unfortunate Events by Lemony Snicket. Book the Temp. 10, 11, 12, 13. Four more books. And yes, I did count on my fingers. That's how my brain works. Okay. Four, Beatrice. When we met, you were pretty and I was lonely. Now I I am pretty lonely. lonely. (laughs) I didn't know that um, Haley was the one that told me that there was like little letter, a different note to Beatrice, yeah, everyone. A... Really? Yeah. Dang it. it oh, gosh. Look at chapter two. yeah. Hey, okay. All right. Chapter one. A man of my acquaintance once wrote a poem called The Road Less Traveled. Describing a journey he took through the woods along a path that most travelers never used. The poet found that the road less traveled was perfect. Oh, I'm sorry, was peaceful but quite lonely, and he was probably a bit nervous as he went along because if anything happened to the road less traveled, the other travelers would be on the road more frequently traveled, and so he couldn't hear them. They couldn't hear them as he cried for help. Sure enough, the poet is now dead. Okay. That's dark. The dead poet. Oh, like the dead poet, this book can be said to be on the road less traveled because it begins with the three Baudelaire children on a path leading through Mount Main Morton. That word always tongue ties me, which is not a popular destination for travelers. And it ends in the churning waters of the stricken stream, which fewer travelers even go near. Are they is this like the mountain that they fall off of the cover of the page? No, well, you said they're on a cliff. Remember, they're like going back louder. or no, okay. and they don't fall off, of course. Okay, God, good to know. Okay. But this book was also on the road less traveled because unlike books most people prefer, which provide comforting and entertaining tales about charming people and talking animals, the tale you are reading now is nothing but distressing and unnerving, and the people are unfortunate enough to be in the story or as far as, Far desperate and frantic than charming, and I would prefer not to speak about animals at all. For that reason, I cannot more suggest the reading of this woeful book, and I cannot recommend wandering in the woods by yourself, because, like the road less traveled, this book is likely to make you feel lonely, miserable, and in need of help. By the way, they never said what happened to the lions in the last book, and I peoed. I'm peo. Yes, people. I guess they kill each other. That's just what they do. People are nuts. But animals? I'm bumming out. I, like, literally had, like, a, ah, uh, moment. Okay, come on. All right. The Baudelaire orphans, however, had no choice but to be on the road less traveled. Violet and Klaus, the two older Baudelaire's, Baudelaire's, were in the caravan traveling very quickly along the high mountain path. Bradelaires. Neither Violet, who was 14, nor Klaus, who had recently turned 13, had ever thought they would find themselves on this road, except for, perhaps, with their parents on a family vacation. But the Baudelaire parents were nowhere to be found after a terrible fire destroyed their home, although the children had reason to believe that one parent may not have died in the blaze at all. And... The caravan was not heading up to Mortmain Mountains towards the secret headquarters that the siblings had heard all about and were hoping to find. The caravan was heading down Mortmain Mountains very quickly with no way to control or stop its journey. So Violet and Klaus felt more like a fish than a stormy sea rather than travelers on a vacation. But Sunny Baudelaire was in a situation that could be said was even more desperate. Sunny was the youngest belt, Baudelaire, still learning to speak in a way everyone could understand. So she scarcely had words. Had words for how frightened she was. Sunny was traveling uphill, towards the, mount, towards the headquarters in the Morton Main Mountains, in an automobile that was working perfectly. But the driver of the automobile was a man who was reason enough to be terrified. Uh, uh, of be, for being terrified, some people called this man wicked. Some people called him, the, oh my gosh, Fis, oh man, fascineris, fascineris. But again, another word I don't know, put it on the, right. we, we should have collected all the words that I didn't know what I they mean. said. Fascinous, you don't Fascinating? know. Fascinating? No. Fascinous, and it's split in half, nourish. To me, I'm like, that's not a real word, but honestly, wait, that's, a gro- yeah, that's a grown-up word. What does that mean? What does fascinerous mean? How am I supposed to know? It's a grown-up word, and I don't even know it. It's like a college word. It's like a master's degree word. Okay, cool. Which is a fancy word for wicked, but everyone called him what they call him. Count Olaf. Count Olaf, unless he was wearing one of his ridiculous disguises, making people call him a false cakes. name Poopity poop cakes. Count Olaf was an actor, but he had a largely a wait wait hold on, I lost where I was, but he had largely abandoned his theatrical career to try and steal the enormous fortune that the Baudelaire parents had left behind. Hey, whatever happened to the triplets? Remember <sighs> they went in his float with Hector. Oh, that's right. That's right. They found him. Yep, that's true. Olaf's schemes to get the fortune have been mean-spirited and particularly complicated, but nevertheless, he'd managed to attract a girlfriend, a villainous and stylish woman named Esme Squalor, who was sitting next to Count Olaf in the car, cackling Gigi Genevieve Squalor, cackling and nasty clutching so fancy, Sunny, clutching Sunny on her lap. Also, in the car were several employees of Olaf's, including a man with hooks instead of hands, two women who looked like they liked to wear white powder all over their faces, and three new comrades of Olaf, who had recently, recruit, recently recruited at Calgary Carnival. The Baudelaire children had been to the carnival too, wearing disguises of their own, and had pretended to join Count Olaf in the treachery, but The villain had seen through their ruse, and a phrase here which means realized who they really were and cut a knot attaching the caravan to the car, leaving Sunny and Olaf's clutches and her siblings tumbling towards their doom. Sunny sat in the car and felt (sighs) Esme's long fingernails scratch her shoulders. Anne worried about what could happen to her. I'm not going to lie, that probably felt good. Oh yeah, probably. And what was happening to her older siblings Yep. Who, as she heard their screams grow fainter and fainter as the car drove further and further away, we have to stop this caravan! Klaus screamed hurriedly. He put on his glasses as if, by improvising his vision, he might pr- improve the situation. Imagine reading the last book before this one came out, and you would have to wait like a year. <laughs> that would be so crazy. But even in perfect focus, he could they see. Published some um, either he could see their predicament was dire the caravan served as a home for the several performers at the carnival house of freaks before they before they defected a word here which means join the count Olaf's band of revolting comrades and now the content of this tiny home were rattling and crashing with each bump on the road Klaus ducked to avoid a roasting pan which Hugo the hunchback had used to prepare meals which had toppled off the shelf in commotion He lifted his feet from the floor with a set of dominoes and skittered by a set that Colette had, the contortionist, had liked to play with, and he squinted above the hammock as as it swung violently overhead. An ambidextrous person named Kevin used to sleep on that hammock until he joined Count Olaf's troop along with Hugo and Colette, and now it seemed that he might fall any moment into the trap of the Baudelaire Beneath beneath it. His only comforting thing that Klaus would see was his sister, who was looking around the caravan with a fierce, thoughtful expression and unbuttoning the shirt of her two siblings, were sharing as part of their disguise. "Help me get out of this freakish pants that we're both in," Violet said. "There's no pretending we're two-headed, or no use pretending we're two-headed anymore, and we both need to be able to be able-bodied as possible." And the moments that the two butlers wiggled out of their overside clothing oversized clothing they had taken from count Olaf's disguise kit they were standing in regular clothes trying to balance the sh- in the shaky caravan Klaus quickly stepped out of the path of the falling potted plant but he couldn't help smiling at his sister Violet was trying her- tying her hair up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes a sure sign that she was thinking up an invention Violet's impressive mechanical skills had saved the Baudelaire's lives more times than they could count, and Klaus was certain that his sister could concoct something that could stop the caravan's perilous journey. "'Are you going to make it? Make a break?' Klaus asked. "'Not yet,' Violet said. "'A brake interferes with the wheels of the vehicle, and the caravan's wheels are spinning too quickly to, for interference. "'I'm going to hook this, these hammocks and use them as drag chutes.' Drag chutes, Klaus said. Drag chutes are lo- like little parachutes attached to the back of a car, Violet explained, hurriedly as she, as a coat rack clattered to the, around her. She reached up the hammock where she and Klaus had slept and quickly detached it from the walls. Race drivers use them to help slow their cars down when the race is over. If I detangle these hammocks on, out of the caravan door, we should slow down considerably. What can I do, Klaus asked. Look in Hugo's pantry, Violet said, and see if you can find anything sticky. When something... When someone tells you to do something unusual without an explanation, it is very difficult not to ask why, but Klaus had learned to go along and to have faith with his sister's ideas and quickly came quick, and quickly crossed a large cupboard Hugo had used to store ingredients up for the meals he prepared. The door of the cupboard was swinging back and forth as if a ghost were fighting it, but most of the items were still rattling around inside. Klaus looked inside the cupboard and thought of his baby sister who was getting further and further away from him even even though sunny was still quite young she had recently shown interest in cooking and klaus remembered how she had made up her own hot chocolate recipe and helped prepare the delicious soup the entire caravan had enjoyed klaus held the cupboard door and peered inside and hoped that his sister could survive to develop her culinary skills klaus violet said firmly taking down another hammock and trying trying the first one i don't mean to rush you but we need to stop this caravan as soon as possible have you found anything sticky klaus blinked and returned to his task at hand a ceramic pitcher rolled at his feet and he pushed it through the bottles of the jars of cookie material there's like a lot of sticky things here he said i can see like black strap molasses, wild clover, honey, corn syrup, aged balsamic vinegar, apple butter, strawberry jam, caramel sauce, maple syrup, butterscotch. Oh my gosh, they have a lot of crap in their thing, huh? Um, marachino liquor, virgin, an extra virgin olive oil, lemon curd, dried apricots, mango chutney, blah, 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 blah. blah. Okay. I don't know why Hugo would keep, I don't know why Hugo would keep glue in his pantry, but never mind. Which items do you want? All of them, Violet said firmly. Find a way to mix all of them while I tie these hammocks together. Klaus grabbed a pitcher from the floor and began pouring the ingredients into into it, while Violet was sitting on the floor, trying to make it easier to balance, and gathered all the cords in the hammock and her, all the cords in her lap, and began twisting them into a knot. The caravan's journey grew rougher and rougher with each jolt. The Baudelaire's felt a bit seasick as if they were back on Lake Lacrimose, cro- crossing the stormy waters and trying to rescue one of the unfortunate guardians. But despite the tum- tumult around them, in the moments Violet stood up with the hammocks gathered in her arms, all tied together in a mass of fabric, and Klaus uh, and Klaus looked at his sister and held up the pitcher, which was filled to the brim of thick, colorful slime. When I say the word, Violet said, I'm going to open the door and cast these hammocks out. I want you on the other end of the caravan, Klaus, open that little window and pour a mixture over the wheels. If the hammocks work work as a drag chute, the sticky substance will interfere with the wheels and the caravan should slow down enough to save us. I just need to tie the hammocks around the doorknob. Are you are you using the devil's tongue knot klaus said the te- devil's tongue hasn't brought us the best of luck violet said referring to the several previous rope related escapades i'm using a sumac knot i have invented myself i named it after a singer that i admire there it feels secure are you oh there it feels secure are you ready to pour the mixture onto the wheels klaus crossed the one win- crossed to the window and opened it the wild clattering sound of the caravan's wheels grew louder. But the Baudelaire stared for a moment at the countryside racing by. The land was jagged and twisty, and it seemed that the caravan could tumble at any moment off of the ho- into a hole or off of the edge of one of the mountain's square peaks. I guess I'm ready," Klaus said hesitantly. "Violet, before we try your invention, I want to tell you something. We don't. If we don't try it now," Violet said, grinning. You won't have the chance to tell me anything. She gave her not one more tug and turned to Klaus. Now, she said and threw open the caravan door. It is often said that if you have room, if you have a room with a view, you will feel peaceful and relaxed. But if the room is a caravan hurtling down a steep, twisted road and the view is an eerie mountain ranging, racing, range racing backwards away from you while the chilly mountain winds sting your face and toss dust into your eyes then you will not feel one bit of peace or relaxation instead you will feel the horror and panic that the Baudelaires felt when Violet opened the door for a moment they could not do anything but stand still still feeling the wild feeling the wild tilting of the caravan and looking up at the odd square peaks of Mortmain mountains and hearing the grinding of the caravan's wheels as they rolled over rocks and tree stumps but Violet's but then Violet shouted, now once more, and both siblings had snapped into action. Klaus leaned out the window and began to pour the mixture of the black strip molasses, wild clover honey, corn syrup, aged balsamic vinegar, apple butter, strawberry jam, caramel sauce, maple syrup, butterscotch topping, maraschino liquor, virgin and extra virgin olive oil, lemon curd, dried apricots, mango chutney, creme, crema di noce, Tumeric pasta paste. I mean, tumeric paste. I don't know if that is tamarind paste. Okay, hot mustard, marshmallow, marshmallows, creamed corn, peanut butter, grape preserve, saltwater taffy, condensed milk, pumpkin pie filling, and glue onto the closest wheel. While his sisters toss the hammock out the door, and if you have anything. <laughs> if you have read anything of the Baudelaire orphans' lives, uh, which I hope you have not, then you will not be surprised to read that Violet's invention worked perfectly. The hammock immediately caught the rushing air, and swe- that swelled behind the caravan like an enormous, enormous cloth balloon, which showed the caravan, which slowed the caravan down quite a bit. The way you would run much slower if you were dragging something behind you, like a knapsack or a sheriff. The sticky mixture fell into the spinning wheels, which immediately began to move with less ferocity. The way you would run less with less ferocity if you suddenly found yourself running in quicksand or through lasagna. The caravan slowed down, and the wheels spun less wildly. Within moments, the two Baudelaire's were traveling at much more comfortable pace. It's working, Klaus cried. Well, we're not done yet, Violet said, and walked over to the small table that had overturned in the confusion. When the Baudelaires were living at Calgary Carnival, the table had a handy had come had come in handy as a place to sit and make plans. But now the now in the Mortmain Mountains, it would come in handy for different reasons. Violet dragged the table off over to the open door. Now that the wheels are slowing down, she said, "We can use it as a break." Klaus dumped the last of the mixture out on the pitcher and turned to his sister. How, he said, but Violet was already showing him how. She quickly quickly lay on the floor, holding the table by its legs, and dangled it out of the caravan so it was dragging on the ground. Immediately, there was a loud scraping sound, and the table began to shake roughly in Violet's hands. But when she held the fast, forcing table to scrape against the rocky ground and slow the caravan down even more... The swaying of the caravan became gentler and gentler, and the fallen items owned by the carnival employees stopped crashing. And then, with one last whine, the wheels stopped altogether, and everything was still. Violet leaned out the door and stuck the table in front of one of the wheels so that it couldn't start to roll again. And then it stood up and looked at her brother. "'We did it,' Violet said. "'You did it,' Klaus said.' The entire plan was your idea. He put down the pitcher on the floor and wiped his hands on the fallen towel. Don't put that pitch. Don't put down that pitcher, Violet said, looking around the wreckage of the carnival. We should gather up as many useful things as possible. We need to get this caravan moving uphill if we don't if we want to rescue Sunny and reach the headquarters, Klaus said. Count Olaf has the map that we found, but I remember the headquarters are in the in the Valley of the Four Drafts, which is near the source of the stricken stream. It will be very cold there. Well, there's plenty of clothing, Violet said, looking around. Let's grab everything we can and organize it outside. Klaus nodded in agreement and picked up the pitcher again, along with several items of clothing that had fallen fallen in a heap on top of a small hand mirror that belonged to Colette. Staggering from carrying so many things, he walked walked out of the caravan behind his sister, who was carrying a large bread knife, three heavy coats, and... A ukulele that Hugo used to play sometimes on lazy afternoons. The floor of the caravan creaked as the Baudelaire stepped outside into the misty and empty landscape and realized how unfortunate they had been. Oh, how fortunate they had been. The caravan had stopped right at the edge of one of the odd square peaks of the mountain and Mount Mount Main. Whoa. Mortmain Mountain looked like a staircase heading up to the clouds or a veil of thick gray mist. If the caravan had kept going in the same direction, the two Baudelaires would have toppled over the peak and fallen down through the mist next to the next stair far, far below. But no, but to no side of the caravan, the children could see that the waters of the Stricken Stream, which were odd, grayish black color and moved slowly and lazily down the hill like a river of spilled oil had the caravan swerved to one side the children would have been dumped in the dark filthy waters it looked like the brake worked just in time violet said quietly no matter where the caravan would have gone we would have been finished klaus nodded in agreement and looked around the wilderness looked around the wilderness it would be difficult to navigate the caravan out here <sighs> klaus said you'll have to invest in a steering device and some sort of engine violet said that will take some time and we don't have time klaus said if we don't hurry count Olaf will be too far away and we'll never find sunny we'll find her sunny said firmly and put down the items that she was carrying let's go back into the caravan and look for but before violet could say what, what to look for she was interrupted by an unpleasant crackling noise The caravan seemed to moan and then slowly began to roll towards the edge of the peak. The Baudelaire's looked down and saw that the wheels smashing into the table so that there was nothing to stop the caravan from moving again and slowly and awkwardly pitched it forward, dragging the hammocks behind them as it neared the very edge of the peak. Klaus leaned down to grab a hold of the hammock, but Violet stopped him. It's too heavy, she said. We can't stop it. We can't let it fall off the peak, Klaus said we'd be dragged down too violet said klaus knew that his sister was right but still he wanted to grab and drag the chute violet had had constructed it's it is difficult when faced with a situation you cannot control to admit that you cannot do anything it was difficult for the baudelaire's to stand and watch the caravan roll over the edge of the peak there was one last creak as the back wheels bumped against the mound of dirt then the caravan disappeared into absolute silence. The Baudelaire stepped forward and peered over the edge of the peak, but it was so misty that the caravan was only a ghostly rectangle getting smaller and smaller as it faded away. Why isn't there a crash? Klaus asked. Uh, The drag chute's slowing it down, Violet said. Just wait. The siblings waited after a moment. It was Uh, and after a moment there was a muffled boom from below as the caravan met its fate in the mist the children could not see a thing but they knew that the caravan indeed and everything inside was gone forever and indeed I have never been able to find its remains even months after searching the area with only a lantern and a rhyming dictionary for company. It seems that even after the countless nights of battling snow gnats and prying batteries, it would not run out. As my, as my, it is my fate that my some of my questions will never be answered. Fate is like a strange and popular restaurant filled with odd waiters who bring you things that you've never asked for and that you don't always like. When the Baudelaire's were very young, they would have guessed that their fate was to grow up in happiness and commitment with their parents in the Bodeler Mansion, but now both the mansion and their parents were gone. When they were attending Prufrock Preparatory School, they had thought that their fate was to graduate alongside of their friends, the Quagmires. But they hadn't seen the Academy or the two triplets in a very long time. And just moments ago, it had looked like Violet and Klaus's fate had been to fall off the peak, or a stream, or into a stream. But now they were alive and well far away from their sister and without the vehicle to help them find her again violet and klaus moved closer to the other closer to one another and felt the icy winds of the mortmain mountains blow down the road less traveled and give them goosebumps they stretched they looked at the dark swirling waters of the stricken stream and they looked down from the edge of the peak into the mist and then when they looked at one another and shivered not only did their fates not only At the fates they had avoided, but at the mysterious fates that lie ahead. Dun, dun, dun. Are you asleep? Yep. She's out. Okay. That's a night.